We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into another episode of the Packer Day Podcast. It's been a minute. My name is Matt Fralick. Alongside me, as always, is Janelle Mackey. Janelle, we record actually for the first time off of a game. It's a Sunday night. Emotions are not what I expected tonight right now. I was hoping to have at least, you know, like, oh, Rogers threw a pick late or, oh, we got the W, but... That's not the case. How are you feeling right now? I really don't know how I'm supposed to feel right now. I felt that if I take away just the last couple minutes of that game, I'd be feeling a lot better. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And the late fumble caused a lot of disappointment with me. So I'm like, I'm mad, I'm upset, disappointed, because physically, this was a great game. Mm Mm-hmm. But the mental error at the end cost us the game. Yeah, and I would say, you know, everyone's going to focus on, everyone always does, no matter what sport, you know, it's a, if you miss a, a layup to win the game, you know, zero seconds left, you miss um, a tackle or you fumble the ball or whatever it may be, drop a fly ball, everyone always focuses on the last play. I mean, there were some miscues throughout the game, you know, let's not forget that Sam Shields downs the ball at the half-yard line, former Packer, and... We decide to run the ball with Aaron Jones, and, you know, get get a safety. Like they, they get their first points on the board. Yeah, like, that was questionable to me, especially if you have Aaron Rodgers 
I think that there's a better chance of getting the ball out with him throwing it. And the only thing I could really think of with why we would run the ball in that situation is because the Packers didn't want to risk a pick six yeah. so close to the end zone. That's really the only thing I can think of as to why they would play call that way. But and that's a at weird the same approach. time, mm-hmm. Rodgers doesn't throw many interceptions. If anything, he's just going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you have Devontae Adams, who's one of the best slant receivers in this game. You know, exactly. Throw it to him or throw it to someone quick out of the backfield. So that that was goofy. I mean, there were plays along um, that happened throughout the whole game. Uh, even on the first, um, I think it was like the first punt the Rams had, I noticed they were li- they had a kind of one of their gunners was like almost lined up in no man's land, like in between the line and where a normal gunner would be. And I was like, that's kind of goofy. It looked like they're trying to set up a fake. And then they go ahead and actually do that at some point during the game, which mm-hmm. – and almost like they were showing their hand early, but you have to expect that, I guess, with John Hecker, who's could play quarterback here and there. It was a game of a lot of questions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just, you know, we haven't recorded a podcast in a while, so it's some of these players that we're seeing on the field a little bit more or less. You know, I would say in the last couple of weeks it's been Aaron Jones. Like, is he going to get his touches finally? Well, we finally saw that today. Yeah. And... Fortunately or unfortunately, he had 12 touches. I would rather have been 11 because then yeah. he doesn't actually have the safety. Exactly. But there were times, again, where play calling, we, you know, we're gonna, they just go away from Aaron Jones. For some reason, Mike McCarthy thinks, you know, start the game strong. Great first quarter in my mind. I think that was the best 15 minutes of football I've seen from the Packers this I'm year. I'm glad that they, for once, started off hot. Exactly. Instead and, of having to kind of climb the ladder, they started hot and then kind of fluctuated a little bit after the half. After, I think, the safety, that's mm-hmm. where you could feel the momentum switch. For sure. From Packers to Rams. And then from there on out, it was just kind of slowly fluctuating back and forth. Yeah, definitely. And, again, like I said, Aaron Jones, you see more production out of him. And, you know, I'd like to see him get the ball, you know, 15, I think 20 times is pushing it. Just with the way the offense runs, you know, where it's, 68% they said throwing team which is a lot um, but again second quarter you kind of go away from Aaron Jones and then you know towards the end of the game you see him just explode again like where, where is that in the in the, in the, in the be, middle of the game that seems to be the pattern where they'll start with Aaron Jones and he's running well and then all of a sudden uh, you don't see him mm-hmm. for a while and, then and it he, makes sense if you're doing that for a breather like that makes sense yeah, you can spell if he, him if he needs to go take a rest um, do that but for him to not play for like quarters at a time, mm-hmm. just it kind of gets him out of a rhythm. Yeah. Like if he's feeling it, then keep him in. And clearly he was. Uh, once again, you know, the first quarter, I thought it was awesome. Great tempo to start the game. Thought they really were establishing. I mean, they established Aaron Jones really quick. And then on the third and two, they roll out empty backfield. And I'm like, okay, this is another McCarthy sort of play calling. I saw the play before that Robert Tanyan was in the game. I'm like, Yeah, I haven't heard that name I was in a while. questioning that. That didn't make sense. I think the last time sense. I heard his name was when he hit the home run during the charity softball game. <laughs> I think that's the last time I heard his <laughs> name. We're from Andy Herman about <laughs> tweeting about how awesome the guy was in preseason. Uh, you know, and then the defense to start the game too. You're saying just – you know, not having to you know work your way back from down two scores or whatever it has been multiple games. Yeah, the being defense the first was amazing. The, board the is defense huge. exactly, and the defense was amazing. I mean, you get a sack by Lowry, um, and Kenny Clark meets him at the at at Jared Goff, and we saw that multiple times to start the game. I want to say I can't remember exactly. I want to say it was four or five three and outs. 
most of them were contributed by sacks. That that's where we were getting stops, which is awesome. That wasn't happening very often, and it came from throughout the game. Many people, Fackerel. Yeah, it wasn't just one person getting yep. through. Martinez was mm-hmm. the one that really caught my eye tonight. And he was playing aggressive. Yeah, More aggressive is, than I've seen. I've said this before. I just want to see some aggressive play from the defense. I don't want this soft, soft play. I mm-hmm. want aggressive. And I saw that both on the defensive line and by like the cornerbacks and the safeties. Yeah. They looked amazing today. Having Alexander back in the lineup so is crucial. Mm-hmm. He can actually match up with anyone. I was concerned. I mean, I knew I knew matchup. I was like, all right, Cooks. And Alexander, that's just what it's going to be today. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Who's going to be covering? Exactly. Especially with cup out. I mean, it even makes it more, you know, you know, apparent that that's going to be the matchup. And we all know how fast Brandon Cooks is. I mean, I would say most fans, I mean, even some Packer fans, don't understand how fast Alexander is yet, just because we've seen him only in a few games. Mm-hmm. But clearly, he can run with Brandon Cooks, which is it, that's huge. That's awesome. That's that's very very hopeful. And not only can he keep up with his speed, but he can defend against him. Mm-hmm. So that's that was really impressive to me. So my two top defensive players are Martinez and Alexander tonight for sure. Absolutely, I could. I mean, I I would agree with those two. I would also put in Clay Matthews. Believe it or not, yeah, he actually had a great game. For I think it was the first play of the game. For some reason, he was playing on the right side, and I actually rewound it because I thought he was playing on the left side of the field and got sucked in, and I had to rewind it. I'm like, oh. Oh, he actually did it. And then in the following play, he switched sides. So I was just to start the game. I'm like already being pessimistic towards Clay Matthews, yeah, which is exactly. usually how I watch um, him play. But throughout the game, amazing. I mean, he was he all was, over he the was field. There, yeah, all over the field. Didn't over pursue. He played within which has himself. Been kind of him beating himself lately. But yeah, the over pursuing um, for him to not do that is crucial because then he's able to make those um, first drive tackle instead mm-hmm. of letting them get to the first down. They end up having to punt it away. Mm-hmm. So I we think had... defense, like they were very impressive. I was more impressed with the defense tonight than I was the offense. Definitely, I would say the only people on defense that I would, I've, I've three, uh, Whitehead. I don't know why he's getting so many plays. He did um, have a great. I mean, I, I'm still trying to figure out how Gurley ended up catching it, but down the field he, he did. Too. He, he stuck his arm out like he's supposed to hit the ball, and it just obviously went the wrong direction. Well, he, I mean, he's playing in a nickel. Yeah. Next to Blake Martinez at linebacker, it's kind of goofy. Right, I agree. Um, so it's like, why, why is Whitehead getting so many snaps? Uh, Tremont Williams is a step, if not a step, step and a half behind every single person he's covering. And then, I mean, the easy one, I guess, at this point, when he's not getting interceptions, he looks like he wants to play flag football. That being Haha Clinton Dix. Woke up this morning, I'm up at my cottage in Sturgeon Bay, I don't get really good reception. And like the first thing I finally see on Twitter after you know it takes five minutes to load is haha Clinton Dix possibly being on the trade block. You know, he had said a couple weeks ago he doesn't know if he'd be in green and gold after the end of the season. Yeah, and that kind of came out of nowhere. For very, me. very strange. And I saw many other outlets uh, tweeting about that. I saw a couple articles online. Yeah, so I like, even heard it on the radio today during pregame. Yeah. So just kind of one of those weird things, but from what I'm hearing, like pursue it if if there's an option to go get somebody, right, or, or a pick, some, yeah, get some money um, to pay another player. Maybe these are the things you need to do with guys that are on a contract year. Yeah, but they, I mean, the, the Packers need ha uh, so bad right now. Yeah. I mean, Bryce, I, I saw Bryce in the field a little bit today. Josh Jones clearly is just a gunner on the punt return team. That's all we're seeing from him, which 
sucks on a second round pick. So if you get rid of Haha, what do you really have in the back end? Exactly. Um, That's the thing. It's like we could explore the option, but at the same time, they'd be losing a, a great player. Yeah. That they that kind of knows the system can be a great veteran in these next couple years. Mm-hmm. But he also has to show up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, be aggressive. Go out and, I mean, we've seen it in small sample sizes. Let's say the one pick he had where he, what game was that? Was it the Redskins game? I don't remember. But the one where he, I mean, it was the was it the Bills game where he basically was going for a hit and all of a sudden just ended up in his hands. Like, you know, he was going super aggressive, trying to knock a guy down, and it just he ended up catching it. Um, so let's... Let's look a little bit more positive here. Um, actually, but first, for a couple of the guys. I'm wondering why we're not seeing, on both sides of the ball, uh, Josh Jackson. I don't know if he's still dealing with an injury. I didn't see him on the injury report today. I don't know if he's just a healthy scratch at this point. You know, you did see early on in the first couple of games him making plays. Um, I guess that's on the defense, defensive side of the ball. I did see Mike Daniels out for a couple series, it seemed like, in a row. You had Lancaster in there, which I didn't even know who that guy was. I had to look him up. I remember One of those was, people you have to go look at the roster yeah, and so see it's like, who this guy is. Why is that happening? But Daniels did come back. I don't know if he got tweaked. And then on the offensive side of the ball, the only one I'm really seeing is Jamon Moore. Like, you saw him so much in preseason, and it sounded like that was the guy they wanted to break out of the receiving group. Yeah. And he's not even on the field anymore. Now you see yeah, Valdez. Yeah, all these other younger guys yeah. that are stepping up. And I actually, I'm having a lot of fun watching these younger guys. Like, For sure. and St. Um, Brown's awesome. Like, he yeah. had a couple plays where he, I was, he ran like a, it was like a 10-yard route over the middle, and... Peters is kind of waiting for him, and he runs by Peters and like was running away from him in about ten yards. It, it's, I mean, he clearly has some speed, so yeah. he's fun to watch out there. He's got speed and hands. Definitely. Which, I mean, as a receiver, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, I guess as far as the whole game went, I saw a ton of pressure just from everywhere. It was up the middle, off the edge. I didn't see any. Um, corner blitzes or defensive back blitzes. There's which, a lot of up-the-middle blitzing. Right. Mostly Martinez. Mo- I mean, um, Daniels was getting pressure. Clark was getting pressure. But nothing like we'd seen from Petten, you know, with those cornerbacks, the defensive back coming off the edge, which is fine. I mean, clearly he was able to get the pressure very often in the beginning of the game. Um, but, you know, let's you – know, it sucks because I w- was thinking the last week, you know, you kind of just take the bye week off, whatever. Like, it sucks. We – this team's not as good where we want to be, and you know, just look. I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, Rams are seven and zero. Like, this is one of the. I mean, you. I remember watching the Thursday night football game. They played the Vikings. I'm like, that's one of the best games of football I've seen in a long time. And just the way Goff was slinging the ball and Gurley's playing, and so I'm like, if we, if the Packers can somehow muster out this W, like that'd be crazy. I don't expect it. I figured we were gonna have a huge defensive game, or Rodgers was gonna have to play out of his mind. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, this could really, it sounds kind of dramatic, so tell me if this sounds dramatic, but I felt like it could have been like a, almost like a make or break for Aaron Rodgers' career almost, where it's like you're going up an undefeated team back in California, one of the, you know, the up-and-coming you know, minds in football and, court, and you know, the quarterback and Gurley, and I thought if he could have really won this game, like, with... I guess if Cobb would have been Allison, I would have made that even more dramatic. Mm-hmm. But if he could have gotten that W, I guess the whole team, I thought that would have been huge. Like it, That would have been just another notch in his belt. Yeah, I think that would have been uh, maybe not make or break. I know, I know. Dramatic. And it's like, ma- and I think it was maybe because I'm sitting there like 13 days with no football, with backer football. Yeah. 
You're sitting there just kind of uh, running through your mind all these situations. But I get what I'm you're just trying saying, to build it up. Though. Like, this could have been a very important game in his career, being that this team went into the bye week looking, how do I put it nicely, um, ugly. Yeah. Really ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for them, if they could go on the bye, get some rest, get these guys off of um, the injury report, because yeah. they had Cobb back, Allison back, Alexander back, they'd come in and really match up against the Rams, and they did, mm-hmm. honestly. They really did. Only lost by two. Um, take away that safety, and yeah, seriously, this game could have gone into overtime. You never know. But, yeah, I, I really, like, I like to be an optimistic fan. Yeah. But realistically, my expectations were kind of low, which is really bad to say because I like to think that any team is beatable. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe this is the Rams' day. Mm-hmm. But... Unfortunately, it wasn't. Rams walk off undefeated, and Packers beat themselves in the yeah. end once again, which I think that's the most frustrating part for me is this team has all the talent, mm-hmm. and they just beat themselves. Yeah. They could have had the ball on the 25-yard line, down two, just need to get into field goal range, and they could win it. Mm-hmm. But Montgomery mentally makes the error of not taking the knee, running it out, fumbling yeah. and there's not enough time to get the ball back and right. time runs out so mm-hmm. i think this game really could have turned the season around absolutely winning against an undefeated team putting them at seven and one and honestly a four two one record looks a lot better than three three one so especially with with this division every win is crucial mm-hmm. because it's so tight like we saw the bears with one loss, they go from leading the division to going to last place mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. So every win that you can get is important. So losing these really close games honestly hurts me a little bit more than I think a blowout would. Yes. Because if we get blown out, then it's like, okay, the Rams just are really, really good. Yeah. But today, the Packers were really, really good along with the Rams. And it was a very equal game, like yards, everything, just so equal. And then... One play, one play. So I think that's what's frustrating for me is that, yes, there was like there's errors throughout every game, both sides. You mm-hmm. see it, but there's always going to be that one play that you want to take back because it can be a game changer. So I think, for me at least, taking like taking the knee is the game changer. But also, my second behind that one would definitely be the safety, trying to just throw something short, get it out of the end zone. You don't need to. Like, go for 20 yards. You don't need to go the fir- for the first down. Just get Rodgers out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. So. And Aaron Nagler <clears throat> brought up two points on that play um, when I was reading on Twitter just talking about why aren't you running a slant there, like I said earlier. And then you're going to run right up the middle, a power offense against Sue and yeah. Donald. Like, that's crazy. And that's insane. This is where you're going to put Jones in. Like, Jones, he's a slippery runner. He's mm-hmm. not a power runner. This is where you put – if you want to run up the middle like that – put Montgomery or Williams in because mm-hmm. they have kind of the um, the body to try and plow through. That's their run style to break through people where Jones, he kind of finds the gap and there's not going to be a gap mm-hmm. on the goal line like that, especially like you said, Donald and Sue, which I forgot how much I hated Adamic and Sue playing against him, but 
He's really not. A, he's not like a prick anymore, though. He seems like he's really like took his attitude and just like yeah, chilled out. Like I he didn't. Guess he doesn't out get of Detroit was what he needed. Yeah, and like Josh sitting in him used to always get into it. And TJ Lang, like they just it doesn't happen yeah. anymore because those guys aren't there. And I don't know if he just matured a little bit. Yeah, and you you got to give kudos to Donald. He's a yeah. fantastic oh, player. Yeah. He got his. So I think it's okay that our line struggled with him a little bit more, but. I, I, I think I expected him to get to Rodgers more. I was Me too. surprised I did with too. Um, just overall, like, with the offensive line, I don't think there was any holding calls. On no, that there, play. I mean, there was four. There's, that's, I was saying that during the game. I'm, I'm literally saying it a lot. I'm like, there's how many penalties has there been? Yeah. And then there was finally the one on Saffold, the hold um, that he had against Mike Daniels on the big girly run. But I'm mm-hmm. like, besides that, there was really no holding calls across yeah, the which, board, even the secondary or in the trenches. Yeah, on both sides too. So I think like that was crucial because especially with someone like Donald running at these guys, mm-hmm. there easily could have been some holding calls. So I'm not sure if the refs just were not calling it as much, but it was really fun just to watch football players control the game. Yeah. Like, there absolutely. was no referee control in this game. They really just let them play it out, and they they did make the calls that were necessary, but I think this was actually just a really fun, clean yeah, game. Yeah, clean game. The, the, it was decided on the field, I mean, literally to the final play. Uh, do you remember when we were talking about J.K. Scott a couple weeks ago, how fun he was to watch? And then yeah, what, what, what is up? What's today? up with dude? He had like, a twenty-five yard punt. Horrible. I was like, what is and this? Did he get a haircut or something? I don't know. Like, he, I mean, he was. The special teams hurt us again today, and it was you know a couple weeks ago with Mason Crosby having the blunder of his career, you know, the game yeah. against the Lions, and now it's you know fumbling on a kick return and J.K. Scott not hitting over 40 yards. I mean, consi- I think he had yeah, one maybe over 40 that I noticed. Him. But it's just things like that. You, we haven't we have not seen as Packer fans a full 60 minutes of football yet. And it's it's crazy to me to think we're going into week 9. You know, we're coming off of a bye week. You'd think you'd have that. And it, it almost happened today. It really did like if you don't have the Montgomery fumble at the end, I, I could almost take it away as like, okay, it was a full game. But then I would look back and be like, well, you know, J.K. Scott did kick like shit. Like, he didn't do very well. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, you just haven't had that yet. We haven't had everybody have a good day. And I was honestly surprised, too, the more I think about it. Where was Jimmy Graham during this game? I mean, he had the one catch that he was down, you know, at the half-inch line again, or whatever. Once again, he gets a touchdown taken away. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, his signature. But that was here. the only – I think I, that was his – that might have been his first of two targets I saw maybe on him. I, I mean – he didn't have another catch. Besides that, he only had the one grab, I believe. Yeah. So I, he had four targets, I guess, but I don't remember seeing the other two. Um, it's it's weird to think also, Janelle, that coming off the bye week, when I was looking at the schedule back in you know June, I'm looking here and it's like, all right, week week nine. You know, you got the Patriots. You have the you know the Dolphins at Seattle, who you'd think thought was you didn't really know what you're going to get. They're actually playing a lot better than I thought. Vikings, Cardinals, I thought would be better. They're not. Atlanta's playing above what their record is. So it's like I figured the beginning half of this schedule we would be maybe a one-two loss team going into LA yeah, and then the into New England. The schedule is definitely the it's harder schedule. So. And now you go have to go next week and play in Foxborough Sunday night football, which. I mean, playing on the road in Foxborough is hard enough, and then Sunday night under the lights, it's like Tom Brady's almost, like, better. It's to the point now where 
was talking with some people, with some buddies and people I work with. It's like you had to win one of these two games between the Patriots and the Rams. And now it's against the Patriots. So if you don't win then, then you're a 3-4-1 team. Like, I know the NFC North's not great, but it's still – I mean, there's a lot of ball left too, and there's divisional games coming up. That teams, exactly. I mean, the Bears' offense is really good if you're watching the Bears right now. I mean, they're, they're way better than they've been. The Vikings are – with, even without Delvin Cook, Latavius Murray's been running like crazy. I know they're banged up on both sides. And then the Lions are... They, they always a, find their way to sneak in. The Lions have a run game now. Their defense is playing better. You know, it's the first year with uh, Matt Patricia, so it's, they're only going to get better as the year goes on. But you know, it's, it's weird to think that the, the first half of the schedule was the one we struggled with. And maybe it'll maybe my you know, expectations should have been flipped around at the point at the end of the year. I'll look back and be like, wow, only lost three games in the second half of the... You know, second half, which still doesn't, I don't think, get you know, the playoffs, but it is what it is. Um, and that, so I guess talking about, you're saying uh, had to win one of these two games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think between the two, the Rams are the better team. I Absolutely. think they're better than the Patriots. Yep. So I think if this team shows up to New England, mm-hmm. I think that they'll get the win. I think if, so too. If they can start, especially the issue of starting hot and not have the thing is they didn't really have to come from behind per se they no. weren't chasing it was kind of like Packers had the 10-0 lead for a while and then Rams found a way to pull ahead and it was just a lot of like switching back and forth it mm-hmm. wasn't one team got up by two touchdowns and the other was chasing for the whole time it was a really even even game all the way down to the wire mm-hmm. so yeah two point game and most of the time when the Packers have been behind they've been like it's not only the other 11 guys are playing in front of their opponent, but it's actually like the clock. They're playing against the clock. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. shoot, it's the fourth quarter. We're still down by two scores. Oh, 10 minutes left, and they just got a field goal, and we didn't score. Like, like this was, was consistently a, happening. I think that's the weird thing about this game is I wasn't watching the clock no. at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I have been, especially mm-hmm. um, before the bye week, the 49ers. It was like every play, look at the clock. Every play, look at the clock. Like, it wasn't a race against time. It was just football happening. So. Yeah. I think that was it. Kind of gave me a different feel. I was still kind of biting my nails, and I think football has probably taken about ten years off of my life at this oh, yeah. point from stress. For sure. But I, I, all in all, I'm really liking the team that came off the bye. Yeah. I think that they seem going aggra- into the bye. They seem aggressive. They were really ugly, mm-hmm. and then coming off of the bye, they're looking aggressive and healthy, and I think that. Rodgers is clicking too with his receivers. That's big. Yeah, that that's important too. Um, he and especially after that MVS touchdown, mm-hmm. his reaction when you get Rodgers pumped up, like the entire team, like the momentum clearly shifts. And I think that's the most important part. But then you see him on the bench after the Montgomery fumble, and he's just trying to kind of mm-hmm. hold it in. I think I see him like throw a towel, mm-hmm. and he's just upset because I think that was after I think, the, I think that was after the girly. Uh, where he got the first down, he threw his towel. But even yeah. before that, though, he rallied the troops. Like he had the receiving yeah. core, and I saw him talking. He was he was doing some math in his head. He was carrying the one, doing long division, figuring out how much time was going to be left. Exactly. So that's cool. Like he's he's still going to do that because I mean that's what you have to have out of Aaron Rodgers yeah. with these young guys and just a young team. But you know, let's let's take a little lighter note. How about the fact that before the game, you have was it the uh, it was Bengals Bucks and Fitzpatrick comes back in. Yep. And all of a sudden they cut to the Packer game, which thankfully they did. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And 
the Fox announcers made sure they're like, this has nothing to do with Fox. This has everything to do with the NFL's rules, yada, yada. And, like, yep. just from the start, I noticed that. I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then how about the field? How about you could still see, like, the yeah. USC Trojan watching, stuff? I like, was watching with my roommate, and I was like, does this say Pac-12 The Pac-12 on it. You still have the SC under the Rams logo, so it's, like, the Southern California Rams. In the end zone, not only do you have the NFL crucial catch, which is, like, a bunch of different colors already, then you have in the actual end zone the different colors from USC. They're just – it was very, very bizarre. And then it's, like, in the Coliseum, which – we all know is like just run down. The Rams are going to get a new build, like stadium. Just, just so weird. And I wish. I mean, obviously Fox is going to keep talking about that, but I didn't see a lot of people on Twitter even talking about it. Which I thought there had been more jokes. But yeah, I it took me a sec because I like kind of acknowledged it, but didn't really. And then like after watching, I was like, that says Pac-12. I was mm-hmm. like, are they sharing a field? I was like, what is going on here? Actually, now I think about it, they did uh, either Aikman or Brennan said something about how it had rained last night after the USC game. I don't even know who they played, and they couldn't get it off the field in time, and got it, you know they couldn't do it till this morning. And did, I mean, like, wow, that's that's ugly. But I guess, I mean that's what you get when you have the Rams sharing a, a field with USC, and they're you know just a transplant team. You know, at, at least at they're this not point. playing on a baseball field. Seriously, <laughs> honestly. Um, but here the Packers sit three, three, and one. Every year I go into a Packers season more optimistic than the last. I mean, this year my optimism was based off of the draft, the two cornerbacks they got, along with a pick for the following year. Jimmy Graham, I mean, who was just a stud. All Haven't the hype, though, all, all of like it, all of it from him. Waiting um, for him to kind of um, have his moment mm-hmm. where. He really busts out and becomes like a uh, consistent threat with this offense. Yeah, so it's like I hear. I, I wasn't even watching the first quarter on TV. I was driving back from Madison, mm-hmm. so I was listening to it, and I heard his name once, maybe twice, mm-hmm. and then I go inside, and it's like he wasn't even there. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember him being targeted. It was really just a lot of Adams, and then. Like the occasional just kind of spreading out between Allison Cobb and the young receivers. Mm-hmm. So and big runs by Jones, really. Yeah, I mean, that's thirty-three only... yards. Yeah, huge. So I uh-huh. guess um, talking about young receivers, you're talking about IR. Mm-hmm. So you want to kind of yeah us into that? Uh, a couple guys, you know, after this week, uh, I guess going into week nine, uh, anyone that was on IR, I guess before the season can come back. You know, there's a couple guys that we already know, like Jake Ryan's not coming back. Wilkerson was just put on. He wouldn't be designated to return anyways. But you know what? You do have Jake Kumaro, who I think we had at least a podcast that was probably about 80% of Jake Kumaro. Yeah, so that exactly. So that, that's fun to see him possibly come back. I would I would imagine there's maybe a spot for him at this point with, um, you know, just some of the guys that banged up. Uh, you know, Allison, obviously Allison and Cobb came back today, but you don't have Jamon Moore like we talked about. Maybe he finds his way back to the mix. It's it, it kind of seems like um, EQ and MVS have kind of made their way. Like, oh, we're the next two guys up, mm-hmm. so it'd be tough for Kumar to come back. But you know, he did have some good flashes in preseason. Trevor Davis, maybe you see him come back. Um, I think he was dealing with a hamstring injury before the season started, and I honestly forgot about Trevor Davis. Yeah, to be honest. I, I, I wanted to, but after Montgomery's fumble, like exactly. maybe we need to maybe actually Davis consider needs to come him back, back for special teams. So uh, those are a couple guys to look at. I know um, Kyler Murphy or Kyle Murphy's still on uh, IR, but you know there's 
those are the two I think that actually could make an impact. Outside of that, you know, there's other teams that are going to have their guys that come back from IR. And thankfully, you know, injury-wise, I didn't see anyone you know come out of the game today injured for us. So that's you know, yeah, that's, I think that's there great was to see. Maybe one a oh, white whitehead whitehead at the end. Yep, he limped had off. To that's use right. Use the timeout mm-hmm. for that one, but yeah. Other than that, like the I think Jake Kummerow, he's kind of like my biggest question at this yeah. point because of the young studs mm-hmm. that are kind of stepping up in his absence since he's gotten hurt, like where will he fill in? Has he kind of lost his role as being the next up for the young receivers? Will he get thrown in the mix? The only game, like, I, I don't see him getting any play time if he comes back against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I think that game, they need to go in with everybody that's healthy, everybody yeah. that's ready. Maybe he'll get a couple tries during the Miami game. Sure, at home. Exactly. You can see that. I think, like... In the next maybe month or so, that's probably the game that he has the most chance at mm-hmm. to kind of get back into it. But all in all, like I'm kind of questioning where does he stand now yeah. after this injury. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, just backs up against the walls for the Packers again. Like I was saying earlier, just you try to be optimistic going into the season. You think it's going to be better than the last one with new players. You know, you have an upgraded essentially Martellus Bennett with Jimmy Graham. You have better corners. You brought back a couple other guys, and it just hasn't seemed to click at this point. Um, tomorrow, you will hear the podcast from uh, Nick and Jacob. So make sure you check that out. This was episode ninety-seven, I believe. We're trucking along, Janelle. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, we're on Facebook now, so that's pretty cool. I think it's just kind of a nice platform to be on I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I i prefer twitter because i think my like my my mom doesn't have twitter my grandma <laughs> doesn't have twitter i think they might have facebook so it's it's cool to uh just i guess branch out into other platforms um of course you can always check out the pack a day podcast on itunes google play and wherever else you choose to download your podcast from make sure to write a review if you'd like any questions or comments or anyone's i guess takes that you prefer leave that five star um, and we did have some people that we do this podcast with that were recognized by uh, a few other platforms this week. Um, many people that we're doing this with, I know uh, Matub, Andy Herman, uh, Zach Jacobson, I'm sure I'm missing some other names were recognized. So that's that's pretty cool that we're you know 97 yeah. episodes in and these people, I know they've been doing things before this as far as writers and whatever else with Cheesehead TV and everything else they do, but it's, it's pretty cool to be a part of this at this yeah, point. Yeah, especially after only three months, so... Mm-hmm proud of this team uh happy to be a part of it mm-hmm. so um as always you can follow pack a day podcast at pack a day podcast on twitter uh you can follow janelle at big mac underscore four you can follow myself at matt underscore fra underscore and of course anyone you find along the way in their bio that is a pack a day guest host pack a day co-host contributor whatever you may call that um give them a follow many other people out there that are you know adding to this podcast that is turned into, I guess, something that has just snowballed in a short period of time. Um, but that is all we have for you tonight. Let's hope in the next coming weeks we, uh, Janelle and I have more positive things to talk about, yeah, even though we'll if we muster them up. Game, so. We'll be back after the Miami game. Maybe we'll see Osweiler. Maybe it's Tannehill. I know they're completely banged up across I mean, the board on by offense. That, by that time, Brocktober will be over. Brocktober so. <laughs> will be over. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but for Janelle Mackey, I am Matt Freilich. You guys were just in the Pack Day podcast. And Janelle, as always. Go Pack Go. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good! 30! Turns up field. 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15!
Starks to his left. Now he moves Starks to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high. What did it go? It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join M-I-D-I dot com.